0: Our second message this afternoon is brought to us by Mr. Matt Steele. It is entitled "Remembering Trumpets." Matthew. Good afternoon, everyone. How strange you're all here on a Thursday. I was. Uh, I was listening to David's message, and um, something that he said made me think about how many years I've been uh, observing a Feast of Trumpets. And um, it, was, it was pretty depressingly high math, you know. Um, I'm up to 25 years now. I think I started when I was 19. It would be my first Feast of Trumpets. And I know I'm just a, a babe in comparison to some of you guys. But you know, it's amazing to me that with all of our technology that we have today, with all of our methods of communication, with our texting and our emails and Facebook and Skype and all kinds of internet technologies and cellular technologies and wireless technology, we still communicate with the trumpet. Do you realize that? We still communicate to a large group of people with a trumpet. Now, of course, we've added our technology to it, right? We've added some electronics to this trumpet so there isn't some poor soul out there on the back of a fire truck constantly blowing a bugle. I'm going to play some, or rather Brian is going to play, some examples of how we use a trumpet still today in our modern society. The first is a police siren, if it worked. Who's ever heard one of those behind them? That sinking feeling. Oh, what did I do? That's good, Brian. It goes on for about two minutes. You don't want to hear two minutes of that, right? <laughs> So, yeah, okay, we've got a siren, and it's behind us. Very first time that I went driving on my own after I passed my driving test, that noise behind me. You've got to be kidding me, really? I'm going to get pulled over my first time? I pull over and he flies on by, he's after somebody else. I wish I could say that was the only time that. And then the next one we have is, uh, well, maybe Ken could recognize this one. It's a fire truck, right? Fire truck, the extra noisy horn part, just to make sure we all know that the big, thank you, Brian, <laughs> that that big truck is coming, and we better move out of the way, right? It's designed to warn us Get out of the way. The next one sounds a lot like a police siren to me. Brian, can you play that? What do you think that is? An ambulance. The only one left, right? An ambulance. And, you know, I'm always struck by, I mean, any of the emergency vehicles, how people move over or move out of the way, and then how irritated we get when somebody doesn't pay attention and do that. And why is that? Well, because they're on the way to help somebody. There's danger, there's fire, there's risk. Somebody's sick, having a heart attack or a stroke or falling down or whatever it may be. And these individuals are flying through our streets, asking us politely with their large trumpets to move to the side so that they they can reach whoever is in trouble. I'm grateful for that. You know, sometimes it's maybe it raises the, uh, the blood pressure a little bit, like I say, you, you hear that siren, well, is that for me, but, but overall, we can be grateful for that, that we live in a society where there are men and women that are willing to put themselves in harm's way to come help us, to come save us, protect us, if they can, by all means, get there in time. So the emergency services are fantastic things. But But even with these modern technologies, the simple loud trumpet type blast is the most effective way to tell us all to move out of the way or to pay attention, to be aware of what's going on. Then there's this sound, and this this next one is my sister-in-law's favorite, probably, or not. It's not my son's favorite. Brian, can you play this one? Already the blood pressure's coming up, isn't it? <laughs> you, ever, you ever notice how it catches you off guard in the middle of the day, you know, at noon, and you're like, wait, what, what? Oh, it's noon, yeah. So I have to tell you something funny. The first time I heard that, after moving here from England, where we really don't have tornadoes, so there's no need for a tornado siren, the only time we would hear that, Mark, I think you can back me up, is on old newsreel footage from World War II. <laughs> right? And so there's some bombs coming, there's some rockets coming, and, so uh, the first time I heard that I was like, what is that noise? Are we getting attacked? Well, it's still the most effective way to communicate, isn't it? To a large group of people in neighborhoods, across the city, with all of these horns going off, these trumpets blasting. Get to safety, get under cover. Be aware of what's going on. There's a warning factor to all of this. But then we also have other uses of the trumpet. Still, even in today's modern world. And they're probably reflective and harken back to a time when we used that instrument in battle. And there's a very solemn use of that, which we're all very familiar with. Brian, can you play that? a reminder. It's a very poignant reminder. And we may have experienced that at at a loved one's funeral, perhaps. Somebody that was in the military. Or even just seeing it on television. Even seeing it in a movie. It's a sign of respect. And it's an interesting history to that particular piece of music because along with some other similar pieces of music in, in England, there's a similar one. It's called The Last Post. And these were originally designed to communicate to the garrison, to the camp, to the encampment of soldiers. The perimeter is secure. You can be at rest. You don't have to be on your guard. You don't have to be ready to face the enemy. You can sleep safely. And so, of course, that is translated to when we lay to rest someone that has served in the military, their battle is over. They're no longer at risk from the enemy. They are at rest, moving, moving, and they, they carry just so much meaning. And, of course, all of these sounds, these trumpet blasts carry meaning, and they remind us of things, reminders of situations. And it's interesting, isn't it, that God told Israel to observe this day of trumpets as a memorial, as an actual memorial, a remembrance. In Leviticus 23 and verse 24, he says, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. Now, if you look at that word memorial, you'll be surprised to find that it means memorial. That it means remembrance. Why would you have a holy day set aside to remember trumpet blasts? What is that all about? What would they be required to remember? Well, when did they use the trumpet? They used the trumpet in war. That could be one of the things that they remember. They also used the trumpet for communication. They used the trumpet for holy days. Not just trumpets, right? For the other holy days as well. It's a memorial day. It's a day for us to stop and consider what has happened before. All the events and the times in which the trumpet was used and then what is also going to happen in the future? What is next? And how the trumpet is a symbol for what is next? You know, I'd imagine that in Israel, if they observed it properly for long enough, this would have been, become a kind of Memorial Day, right? A Veterans Day. Something to remember those that have gone before. A day to remember God's interaction in the life of Israel and the events that took place. A memorial of blowing of trumpets, reminding them and us of all the times that the trumpet has been blown in the past. One of the things that made me think of when I was listening to those different fire trucks sounds and you know the police cars is 9/11. You can never hear those sounds again in that cacophony quite the same way as you did on that day, so many of those trumpet blasts, sounding out, danger, warning, were under attack. A very powerful, potent image. So it's a memorial. We remember times and places and things that have been done by God and by his people. And of course, the trumpet is not only used on this day, It was used in the camp of Israel for all kinds of things. For example, in in Numbers chapter 10, verse 1, we read this. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take two silver trumpets for yourself. You shall make them of hammered work. You shall use them for calling the congregation, for directing the movement of the camps. When they blow both of them, all the congregation shall gather before you at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. But if they only blow one, then the leaders the heads of the divisions of Israel shall gather to you. And when you sound the advance, the camps that lie on the east side shall shall begin their journey. And when you sound the advance a second time, the camps that lie on the south side shall begin their journey. And they shall sound the call for them to begin their journey. And when the assembly is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but not sound the advance, The sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow the trumpets, and these shall be to you as an ordinance forever throughout your generation. That's interesting. That was supposed to be something that they would do forever. And and yet, they weren't supposed to be in the wilderness forever, right? They are on their journey to the promised land, and they would settle in the land. But even still, the trumpet is to be blown. In the land. And so they would gather the leaders. With one trumpet blast. And they would, they would move the camp from one direction to another. With other different types of, of trumpets. And then they would also of course raise the alarm. In chapter 9 in verse 9 it says. And when you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you. Then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you, shall, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemy. It's interesting, again, this remembrance, right? This memorial, this reminding. So it's not just a trumpet blast of an alert, an alarm, we're at war, we're in danger, get ready. It's also this trumpet signal for God to remind God that he promised that he would come to their aid, that he would come and help them fight, fight the battle. A trumpet blast to remind him to come to their aid, remind him of the promises that he made. But that's also not the whole story, because there's more to this blowing of the trumpet. It's not just about disaster and and danger, and and the negative circumstances. It's also in celebration. Verse 10, he says, Also in the day of your gladness, and your appointed feasts, at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings, and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, and they shall be a memorial for you before God. I am the Lord your God. So when you're rejoicing before God, When you're celebrating his blessings, what what Sean prayed for earlier and gave thanks for, the blessings of God. We use that trumpet. We can use that trumpet to make a, what does the scripture say, a joyful noise. And it's also, even in that, a memorial. It's a reminder. Oh, (laughs) I heard the trumpet going off. It's time for the sacrifices. I better get going. It's a reminder for us to to keep doing the things that God has asked us to do. And so, the trumpet was blown, not just on the day of trumpets, but on every holy day. And at special events, if you read about the dedication of the temple, the trumpets were blown, 120 trumpeters. What a noise that was. What a celebration that was. One of my favorite uses of the trumpet is found in Leviticus 25 and verse 8. And it's not, in fact, even on the Feast of Trumpets at all. It is on the day that we'll celebrate in, what, 10 days' time. My favorite use of the trumpet. Verse 8, it says, And you shall count seven Sabbaths of years for yourself, seven times seven years, And the time of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be to to you 49 years. And then, on that 50th year, you shall cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the 10th day of the 7th month. On the Day of Atonement, you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout all your land. And you shall consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to its inhabitants and it shall be a jubilee for you and each of you shall return to his possession and each of you shall return to his family the 50th year shall be a jubilee to you it shall be, in it you shall neither sow nor reap what nor reap what grows of its own accord nor gather the grapes of your unattended vine for it is the jubilee it shall be holy to you you shall eat its the produce from the field In this year of Jubilee, each of you shall return unto his possession. You know, you may have heard about the Jubilee in the past. The Jubilee was this incredible gift by God. Every 50 years, all debts are quashed, they're taken away. That mortgage payment is gone, right? All the debts that each individual sold themselves under. You remember, you, you could sell yourself as a slave to pay off your debts. In the year of Jubilee, it's white clean. That's what it means when you can return to your family. And I never really focused on that before. There were people separated from their family because of their debts, because of the, the circumstances that they've found themselves in on the year of jubilee, on the day of atonement, at the trumpet blast, they are free. You know, in, in some ways we, I guess we probably don't quite understand what that means. You know, we don't have debt as prisons anymore, do we? We, we don't find ourselves in a part of the world where there is no freedom. But these are a people that knew nothing of freedom until God saved them out of Egypt and then could find themselves again because of mistakes, because of crop failures, because of poor investments, because of sin, back in debt and in in prison in the bondage that comes with that. What an amazing God we have. There is no other God like him. There's no other faith. There's no other God that has this in the faith that he has brought to us. That we are set free. And if we find ourselves in those chains again, he sets us free again every 50 years the incredible impact that must have made to society if you think about it would there have been the super wealthy the super rich controlling the resources of the country probably not and probably there wouldn't have been the super poor unable to break themselves out of this circumstance because somewhere along your lifespan You would experience as you believe. All of this great blessing signaled at the blowing of a trumpet. And you could just imagine being one of those people in bondage and you hear the trumpet blast and you say goodbye to the one that's owned you and you are free. What a memorial the day of trumpets would be to you personally. Well, let me ask you a question. Why should we as Christians observe this archaic Old Testament celebration? What does it have to do with the Christian faith? What does it have to do with what God wants us to live out in our lives? Is trumpets and atonement, are they just like the prelude tabernacles? These are the warm-up holy days, right? Starting to get excited. Well, getting excited is fine. But are they really just the warm-up holy days? Or do they have a special meaning for us as Christians? In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50, Paul sums up, I think, what Trumpets is all about. Why we as Christians should observe it and remember this day, to memorialize this day. This passage is familiar to us, perhaps even too familiar. Oh, yep, this is, uh, this is one of the required scriptures for trumpets, because Paul mentions trumpets, right? And I was sitting there wondering whether or not David's title was going to be true, and if he was going to steal my scriptures for today. But he didn't go to this one, I, I don't think so. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50, Paul says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. At the last trump, for the trumpet will sound the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this, for this corruption, this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written: Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. This passage literally sums up the Christian walk, the Christian objective. Why we are here on this day. It sums up why we keep the the Feast of Trumpets. Firstly, Paul says, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Right now, we cannot inherit it. We are in our flesh and blood. We have that deposit. We have that down payment. We have that token that will buy us into that kingdom. There's something else that has to In our current state, we cannot get into it. We cannot get into that kingdom as we are. Even if we could see it. Even if we could see New Jerusalem right now and walk right up to it, we cannot enter it yet. What needs to happen? We need to not be flesh and blood anymore, right? We need to become something other than what we are now in john chapter 3 and verse 1 jesus tells us what we need to be and there's a surprising link two trumpets in here something i'd never noticed before jesus is going to find himself having a conversation with a pharisee named nicodemus a ruler of the jews this man came to jesus by night and said to him rabbi we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus says to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which, is born, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who was born of the spirit. Interesting. Jesus likens being spirit, being born of the spirit, to wind. Being the, in the spirit, being a spirit being, is like being wind. You are free to go wherever you want. The wind can go wherever it wants. The wind can move whatever it wants. we have seen that here recently, haven't we? The wind has this terrible power in in the negative sense, but this amazing freedom. And as spirit, we are like the wind, being granted the freedom that only comes from being born of the spirit of God. For us today, that's even more significant that Jesus likens the spirit to being the wind. In fact, the word that Jesus uses for spirit is pneuma, right? from which we get words like pneumonia or, you know, it, it's, it's breath. It is wind. What do you use wind for? Or let me ask you a different way. How do you make a noise with the trumpet? You use your breath, the pneuma, the wind. The spirit of god in us like a trumpet that's how we make the sound you have to have life breath in us to blow a trumpet of course we have to have life in us to hear the trumpet too but it's interesting isn't it i've never seen that tie before the tie between the spirit being the breath and the wind blowing of the trumpet how much more so when the trumpet is blown by jesus christ and the spirit of christ so flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of god but those who are in the spirit can they can have the freedom to enter have the freedom of the wind But so how do we get this spirit well if we go back to 1 corinthians 15 Verse 51, Paul says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be saved. Could it be that this trumpet blast that Paul talks about is in fact the mechanism by which the Spirit of God blows on the earth and raises us and changes us into that eternal spirit being after his kind. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. And what do you do when you celebrate the victory? Blow the trumpet. We have won. There's so much more to the imagery that we get from the day of trumpets. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? It is no more. It doesn't exist. Death is swallowed up in life. Trumpets cannot be something that we do to just get ready for tabernacle. It can't just be a preview. Trumpets is a day of transformation. Always has been. It represents and symbolizes a day when we all must come to. A day when we are all changed. And if we're not changed, then we cannot enter in, can we? Into that kingdom. It represents and symbolizes a day that we all have to come to to be changed. There is a very real day out there ahead of us, like David was talking about there is a day out there when this trumpet blast will sound. Are we ready for it? Either before we finish this life and are placed in the grave or before we are alive and remain at the coming of Jesus on this earth, we have to be ready for that trumpet blast. Trumpets is the day of transformation. It's the day that urges us It drives us to do better. It reminds us of God's promises. And it reminds us of our obligations and the covenant that we made with Him. The obedience that we promised that we would try with all our might and all our strength to follow Him. Sometimes it seems a little big. Sometimes it seems a little bit much of a challenge for us that we need to remember what God said about the day of trumpet you remember the promise it's not all on us in fact we just do a small part if we find ourselves unprepared if the enemy surprises us and attacks us and we find ourselves at war with our nature with our sins, with our weaknesses, with the world and the influences on our mind. If we find ourselves at war in our own land, what does God promise? Blow the trumpet, I will have your back. I will come to you, I will aid you. You will have the victory. And then we can blow the trumpet for that too. You know, I was struggling with this message. You're going to laugh at me, but I went to our living room where we keep a shofar. And I took it back to my office. A little while later, my wife's showing up like, so you called? (laughs) Because I was blowing the trumpet. God, I'm struggling with this message. Please help me. Please have my back. Hopefully he did. But we can do this. We can do this in our spiritual life. How do we do that as Christians? It goes back to the spirit. It goes back to the wind, doesn't it? The thing that's required to blow the trumpet. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 18, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. You know, and that's just a bizarre thing to think about, that this creation is waiting for you to be made spirit so that you can restore it, so that you can heal it, so that you can come to its aid. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty. Where's that liberty again. That liberty that's, that's signaled by the trumpet blast. The glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. And not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the spirit Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. We're groaning sometimes. We're groaning under the weight of the challenges, of the oppression, the weight of this world trying to take away our liberty, take away the freedom in Christ. How can we stand up to this? Verse 26, he says, Likewise, the spirit, the pneuma, that wind, that divine wind, that spiritual wind, also helps our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession with, with, uh, for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The breath of God. The breath of Christ Jesus. The Spirit is The trumpet blast for us. The groanings that cannot be uttered. That is a trumpet blast to God. Warning him. Alerting him. To the pain. The suffering. The fear. The difficulties that we find ourselves in. And he comes. And has our back. He comes to save us. To be with us in the battle. We just have to kneel. We just have to kneel. Bow and groan with those that spiritual wind, and let it blow the trumpet, the pneuma, blowing through to God to get his attention. Remember what he said back in Numbers When you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, and you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you will be remembered before the Lord your God, and you will be saved from your enemies. his promise he promised us if we blow that trumpet that spiritual trumpet and also interestingly enough if we're willing to go to war because that was part of it he said if you find yourself when you go to war in your land we have to be willing to take our part in the battle then call upon him and he will aid us Brethren, the Feast of Trumpets is more than just a precursor tabernacle. It's more than just some extra event to get the juices flowing. We're certainly excited about the feast coming up. This day is important. It's important for us to observe, to remember, to remember what it means. In the biblical sense, but in the personal sense. It is a means by which we can remember when God came to fight for us. When we called on him and he came to our aid. It's a day that we can remember that there is a full, wonderful day of trumpets out there. Ahead of us. A day of our salvation. When we're liberated from this body of sin and death, as Paul would say. Trumpets reminds us that while we are here, God has our back. He will come and fight alongside us and be with us, and that there is a day out there when, in Revelation eleven, chapter fifteen, Revelation eleven, verse fifteen, we finally see this come to pass. He says, "Then the seventh angel sounded." And there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. It is a trumpet that that angel sounded. It is a this trumpet blast. That last trumpet. That this happened. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is, the one who was, and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come. And the time of the dead that they should be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets, and the saints. That's us right there, with our reward, changed into the Spirit, changed into the Spirit being the children of God. And those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. And there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, an earthquake and great hail. Brethren, let us celebrate this day. Let us look forward to the time that it represents when we will finally be changed. We'll finally be able to see this come to pass with our new liberated spiritual eyes as we become the children of God. Let's remember